Welcome back. Welcome back. If you're here for our second episode, that means you like this. Yes, thank Just you for a little. Us. Just a little. Um, I know we're late on this episode, but that's because I just had a baby. She has a whole baby. I have a whole ass little human now, and, and guess it's really what? weird. You know what's the real kicker? He got born on 11.49 on Christmas Day, and this boy couldn't have waited 11 minutes. Nope. He was very stubborn. Um, our due date, as you heard in the last episode, was December 20th, and that that did not happen. Mm-mm. So here we are. Mm-hmm. But it's okay, because he's literally the most precious little Christmas gift. His sounds sound like squeaky toys, and I mean that in the most like loving way possible. All babies do. But <laughs> <laughs> his is special. But yeah, I've just been uh, trying to adjust, me and my wife, and it's cool, because yeah. we're parents now. I'm a parent, and you're, you're an auntie. Oh, that's wow. Oh, that's wow. so weird. <sighs> Anyway, mm. we're about to talk about murder now. Yes, after that welcome, like warm news. <laughs> welcome we're back talk to Crime Sunday. Where it's, well, I don't know what I was going to say. I'm sorry, I came back from work. My head's like, ooh. We literally, I, I wanted to do this episode really badly before Sunday, but that probably was not ideal because no. we had just had a baby on Friday. Yeah, so. Y- Hopefully. So, but I did want to get it out this week at least. Mm-hmm. I know last week's episode was early. I posted it on Thursday. Yeah, I posted, yeah, yeah, I posted it early because I couldn't s- submit it to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and everything unless we had a posted episode. That's. Mm. But now I can schedule them yes. to come out every Sunday. Yeah, so we'll be on our. Well, shit. this will be posted as soon as I can this week, and then we'll get regular Sunday episodes yes, starting next from week. Starting, starting next, next week, week, we swear. So you, we have our shit together. Yes. Yeah. Um, but this one's gonna be a quickie. Yeah. Because I have a baby, I'm and gonna, our mom's making dinner. Yeah, she's making. Steak. She's here with us in my house today. But yeah, I'm going to try and get through this case as quick as possible, since she has a whole child to look after. But at the same time, I'm going to try not to be like Sonic over here. (laughs) Sonic speeding. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry if that laugh was loud. It was probably, ow. Sorry. I'm just kidding. You know what? I am sorry. I laugh like a freaking, I don't know, what laughs loud? I know. Hyena. Our mother's laugh is like a hyena. God, if you get her... If you get her laughing, she will not stop. And not like not like minutes. regular laugh, but like a dying laughter. Yes. She will not stop. No. I cannot. It's so funny. It's hilarious. I wish we could like it's play hilarious, a clip. But she won't stop. And it takes so long for her to stop <laughs> that I get so tired. <laughs> You're like, I want a nap. I know. I'm like, mom, shut up. <laughs> and then she hears that she's like, mm, about to get a whooping. No, she'll love it because she was shouted out on our yes, podcast. Yes, we love you. We played her po- our podcast for her to listen on Christmas Eve while she was cooking, and she was listening very she intently. She was very into it. Yeah. She was making, like, all of her, oh. I was oh, so happy. Yes. I was like, oh, yes. All right, Taylor, let's right. do this. Oof. Okay. Well, first of all, let me just shout out that all of my information today was taken from a book written in the 1900s i don't know in which decade in the 1900s 
Um, it's called Celebrated Criminal Cases of America by Thomas Samuel Duke. Ooh. And okay. this case today is about Mrs. Cordelia Botkin, as she was labeled the murderess in his book. Ooh. And her story was actually the very first murder that was conducted through the U.S. Postal Mail. What? Yeah. Like... Like she murdered someone through, through the, the mail? Yeah, she murdered someone through the mail. And it's right. also known as like the candy murder or something like that. <gasps> Wait. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. You heard it? Okay. No, but, but I it picked sounds it very because it was so a little wild. Like, ooh, okay. Let's go, let's go, let's go. So first of all, it all starts out with a marriage. Ooh. So famous war correspondent John P. Dunning. Married Mary Pennington, who was the daughter of an ex-congressman John Pennington in Dover, Delaware, on February 12, 1891. These are such, like, proper regal names. Right? Like, this was during <laughs> the um, 1800s. So I guess 1800s. that makes sense. Yeah. And they were married February 12, 1891. Then they moved to San Francisco. Oh, damn. To that's settle a move. down. Yeah. From Delaware to San Francisco. I would think that would be the opposite if you wanted to settle down. Oh, no. San Francisco's a city, and Dover, Delaware's quiet. Well, I think (laughs) Mary Pennington actually lived in Delaware for most of her life, I think. Oh, and she wanted to get out. Yeah, so she moved to the city to settle down with Mr. John Dunning to have a little baby girl the following year. Mm, Okay. All right? And then once they had their little girl, they moved to 2529 California Street, and that is where the story actually begins. Ooh, let's yes, go. Yes, let's dive into it. So, one fateful day. I'm reading from my notes because I actually made a script for myself. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, that's awesome. All right, so one <laughs> fateful day. Oh. John took a casual stroll in Golden State Park, right? You should see her facial expressions right now. Like, she's reading me a story yes. as if I'm a child. Yes, this is... <laughs> John took a stroll on Golden State Park, and this man decided <laughs> to get a little friendly with the woman sitting on a bench as he was taking a stroll. Oh, yeah, bold. So he, he showed, he sh- wow, he shot his shot. He shot his shot with All a right. whole wife and kid waiting at home for him. Damn. Yeah. And this woman first introduced herself as Curtis and had claimed that her husband was away in England. Hmm. But later on, as they got more comfortable and intimate with each other, mm-hmm. she actually revealed that her real name was Mrs. Cordelia Botkin. And her husband was actually Welcome A. Botkin. Welcome A. Botkin. <laughs> That's his name. Welcome A. Botkin. Yes, his first Wait, name his first welcome. name is Welcome? Yes. What the fuck kind of name is that? Know. It gets, these names are I just wild. I should have No. I would have disowned you. <laughs> but, and I'm going to guess that Cordula Botkin is actually a little wealthy because her maiden name is actually Brown. And okay. she said that her father's name, Brown, was mm-hmm. actually taken to name a town in nebraska called brownsville so brownsville was named after her Her father Mm, fancy she's a fancy woman fancy fancy Mm, okay so at the time that the two met 
her husband was actually living in Stockton, California. Okay. With their son? Question mark. Wow, I can't read. With their son. Is there yes. question marks in no, your script? No, there are question marks in my script. <laughs> so while they were having their little woo thing on the side. Their little affair. Um, her husband was actually away in California living with their son. And pretty much they kind of met in secret after that behind their spouse's backs mm. having a little As intimate time all with each affairs. other yes that's literally <laughs> how all affairs go and it wasn't until mrs dunning john's wife mm-hmm. actually took their baby back to dover delaware to stay at their father's for a little bit then after that they started seeing each other a little more and by a little more i mean a lot more like constantly <laughs> like a, like a whole ass relationship like, yeah, like a relationship Bro. as if they weren't married and Some didn't have children are like real bold they and saucy very I'm bold like, i can't even but i'm a really so. i i told jess i was like you'll know if i ever cheat on you or anything like that because i'm such a bad liar let me just say i'll literally bust through the door <laughs> and be like i'm sorry <laughs> with my eyes like ass. crying I know, yeah. yeah. But then <laughs> these two are very. Mm, I mean, if you if you want to do it, you're gonna find a way. Yeah. So I guess so. But I'm saying like these two are weird. Like really? I will generally say now they're actually weird, and one of them, the guy's an asshole. Like mm. I'm gonna say it now, and you'll figure out why in a second. Mm. But they got even more bolder, and Miss Botkins actually decided to move into a new residence mm-hmm. on Geary Street. I don't know where that is, and. Mr. Dunnings decided to take a room in that exact same building. Really? Yes. So mm. they live near each other now because apparently they love each other so much that they want to just wow. <laughs> so they live near each other, but they didn't get a place together. No, they just lived in the same building now. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then somehow during one of their conversations, it's important to note that Mr. Dunnings actually let slip that his wife was very, very fond of candy. And that she had a dear friend in San Francisco named Mrs. Corbley. Mm-hmm. And I also wrote, nice that you're talking about your wife with your secret fling. Yeah, yeah. but actually. He's like, oh, you know, after a little intimate moment, my wife is really fond of candy. It's you know? like they're in their own like fucking world. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I have a wife and she loves candy. Yeah, and she has a friend named Mrs. Corbley. What the heck? I know. And then after the little thing, a bit yeah. of time afterwards... I lost my place. <laughs> Where is it? Okay. After a little time afterwards, John, who was a war correspondent, remember, actually accepted a position as a war correspondent with Associated Press on March 8, 1898. So mm. it's been. Wait, Associated years? Press? I don't know. What that Wasn't is. that like. I feel like my warp tour and emo days are coming back to me. Was it, Wasn't that it? like a uh, music magazine? Was it? I'm pretty. Hold on. With I'm a go- war correspondent. Then again, I literally. I'm, I'm sure it has nothing to do with each other. I'm also adding myself out right now. I had to Google what wars happened in the 1800s because I didn't remember. <laughs> it was the fucking Civil War. <laughs> well, there's AP.org, which is news. Mm hmm. So he was a war correspondent for them in 1898. Okay. Um, and that position would actually force him to leave immediately for Puerto Rico. Ooh. Yes. So okay. he had to so leave the country. I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. Oh, no, either. 
But I feel like there was some rock, punk rock magazine called presses. the AP. Never mind. Wow, I just had a... Re- AP all-purpose? Even- <laughs> all-purpose flower. <laughs> I wasn't even the pregnant one, and I literally just had a brain fart. Oh all my right, God. continue. Okay. Puerto Rico. Yes, so his job, his new job, would require him to leave the country, essentially. Okay. And Mrs. Botkin was devastated with that bit of information. Boo. She pleaded and begged for him to stay in San Francisco with her. Mm-hmm. And you know what this man said? What? Well, he's like, <laughs> he ignored her and outright just told her that he was never coming back to San Francisco. Bro. He said, fuck you. He said, fuck, fuck you, chicken you. strips. I don't even know. What about his whole like wife and kids? Like, yeah. What did he tell them? Hi, I'm leaving the country. I'm leaving you two behind. Exactly. Like, did he even keep... How often did this man keep in contact with his family? <laughs> I would assume not often. Yes. But afterwards... She just kind of, you know, led him to the wherever he was leaving. I think it was to the bay. Yeah. Somewhere. A okay. bay somewhere. In s- okay. I feel like it's crackling. Just a little. Okay. It's fine. Okay. But, like, she escorted him to the bay that he was leaving and uh-huh. then gave him, like, a bittersweet goodbye. Oh. And then that was the end of the story and the affair between those two. I thought using you meant that was, like, the end. No, it's not. I was like, where's the murder? <laughs> Put your mic down. There you go. Yeah, if okay. you have it upright, it's fine. Okay, but my hand's shaking. Oh my goodness, I'm like holding my mic right Why are you now. gripping it so hard? Because my hands are shaking. Oh, short story. We were trying to get everything figured out and ready to record in like five minutes. And we figured out Taylor's mic cracks when the wires move. So yes. she's holding it in some weird way, like with the cable all bunched I up. I am the mic stand. <laughs> I, she I is am the mic stand. stand. That's a, yeah, but actually. Okay. So now things are going to start picking up Ooh. after that little bit mm-hmm. of backstory. After the affair. Yes, after okay. the affair and at the end of the story. <laughs> kidding. Um, so fast forward a few months later. Mm-hmm. A mysterious package arrived in Dover, Delaware. On August 9th, 1898, addressed to a Mrs. John P. Dunning, Mm. which is Mary Dunning, the wife. Yes. I also never understood why people would address each other like that, where they use their husband's name to introduce themselves. I know it's probably a very old tradition to do it. No I one just find it annoying. <laughs> like, it is very who, annoying. Who's John P. Dunning? Are you John P. Dunning? Are you John P. Dunning? Well, I, I back then, in the early 1900s, it was very much the stigma in society that, you know, when you're married, your husband's the man of the house. Yes. So and everybody associates he practically, like, you with him. You. Like, like, she's not... Her own person. What's Whatever her name is. What's her name? Mary. Again? She's not Mary. She is she's now John's Mrs. wife. John P. Dunning. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, um, yes, so a package arrived for Mary Ooh, okay. in August. Okay. And at that time, she was still staying in um, her father's house. And this is the same year that John left. So it seems like a long time. It's not really. It's only a few months between when he left and when she got the package. Mm -hmm. So she was staying at her father's house at the time with her mother, her sister, Mrs. Joshua Dean, her brother-in-law, Joshua Dean, and the children of Mr. and Mrs. Dean. Okay. So her 
I just want to say grandchildren. No. <laughs> her niece and or her niece. Her niece. <laughs> what the fuck is I a niece? <laughs> her niece. Her niece and nephew. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Okay, her niece. Okay. I mean niece. That was that one was an accident. I actually meant to say niece, and it came out niece. I can't breathe. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Here. So her niece and her nephew. Yes. Okay. But there are two children. So after dinner, the family actually re- retired to the veranda, fancy, mm-hmm. where Mrs. Mary Dunning opened the package to see it containing a handkerchief. A handkerchief? Oh no chocolate cream and a little slip of paper that said with love to yourself and baby mrs c Mm. Mm -hmm. chocolate cream yeah chocolate cream like i would guess chocolate with cream inside not like oh okay okay i don't know how well like actual chocolate cream would hold so it's like a piece of chocolate with a filling probably okay so yeah and (laughs) i actually the way that the author described the whole situation was mm-hmm. really wow to me because he said, and I quote, Mrs. Dunnings could not imagine who sent the package, but being a noble woman with friends galore, she did not suspect that she had an enemy in the world, and therefore her suspicion was not aroused. Oh. So she was practically like, no one would hate me enough. No one has a vendetta against me, so it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to trust the suspicious package. Oh, no. Like, wow. See something, say something. If it looks sketchy. (laughs) I know. And it's just like, okay. Okay. So Mrs. Dunning and her sister, as well as the two children, ate the candy. And two ladies who are passing by as they were sitting in the veranda, which I'm going to guess they were acquaintances, because it would be yeah. weird if they just, like, you want some candy? <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> from a stranger. Um, it was Miss Millington and Miss Bateman. They also uh-huh. ate some candy. <gasps> no. And that night, after eating the mysterious candy, everyone who had eaten it was vomiting freely and suffering from severe stomach pains. Ooh, my God. Yep. And everyone had managed to recover, except for Mary and her sister, Mrs. Dean. No. So Mary Dunning died on August 12th, and her sister, Mrs. Joshua Dean, had died the day before on the 11th. Damn. Mm-hmm. And autopsies, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and autopsies reported that they had died from arsenic poisoning. Mm. Yes. <laughs> they died from arsenic poisoning. Bro. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Pennington, her father, actually noticed that the handwriting from the package matched the handwriting of a mysterious person who had written correspondence to Mary many months before. Mm. So he matched it up with a letter that Mary got a few months before all this Mm -hmm. happened. And it matched. Yes. And the letter actually claimed that her husband was having an affair with a woman in San Francisco. Uh Uh-huh. So... The same person apparently sent her that package, and that's what they tied together. And a chemist named Dr. Wood examined the candy that was left uneaten and mm-hmm. confirmed. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to burp. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the tiniest burp in the world. Yeah. Oh my god, stop it. 
I'm like clenching my mic. I know. I can't even laugh. I can't breathe <laughs> without it crackling. Okay. So a chemist essentially said that yes, there is indeed. Okay. He said yes, there is indeed a large ass amount of arsenic poisoning in this candy. Were those his words verbatim? Large yes. ass amount. Yes. He said, y'all. <laughs> he said, y'all. There's a large ass amount of arsenic in here. I'm trying to get through my joke, but the crackling keeps on going. Okay, wait. Just let go of the cable. Okay. So essentially, yes, he practically said, y'all, this. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Please. Okay, wait. One moment, we're gonna. Hold on. Okay. Okay. We're back. Oh my goodness. <laughs> if, okay, if there's somehow still crackling in this episode, other than the parts that we cut out, I'm sorry. Yes, we apologize. Oh my god. It's okay. Just, we'll keep going. <laughs> I'm so annoyed. I need to get a new mic. If you have suggestions for a mic that won't break the bank, please yes. tell me. Yes, please. please. <laughs> okay, so back to the story. Um, I kind of said yes. There's a large ass amount of arsenic in the candy, a very large amount. Yeah. Actually, it's a large amount. It's not a large, large amount, but it's a large amount for arsenic because arsenic is nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. So basically, eventually, Mister Dunning. <laughs> I really just want to record on one mic now. It's annoying me. Like this is. Are you recording? Yes. Really oh, we're back this time, I we swear. We have switched microphones. Yes. Okay, so yeah, large ass amount of arsenic. And then eventually... Why do I sound like cracking when I talk? Is it just me being loud? What is that? Is it you being loud? I don't know. See? Not even being loud and they're still cracking. It's you. Is it me? Like, hold on. Is it me specifically? What if I put the mic down? still there. That's just a mic. Yeah. Ugh. Alright. Oh my goodness. Okay. We are down to one mic now. Yes, if we both sound um, far away, it's because we are. Yes, well, I'm trying to get... <laughs> I'm literally kneeling on the couch. Yeah. To reach her desk. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. on with the story. Large Let's ass go. arsenic amount. Yes. And then eventually, Mr. Dunning did come back to Dover when someone did tell him, hey, your wife died. <laughs> so he came back to Dover, Delaware uh-huh. after his wife died. Uh-huh. I don't know the timeline for that, but he did come back. Okay. And then he managed to immediately identify the mysterious handwriting to belong to one mm-hmm. Mrs. Hawkin, his ex-lover. He was like, hold on, I know whose handwriting this is. I this is. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> I slept with this person for a long time. I know exactly who it is. <laughs> so he then remembered telling her about his wife's fondness for candy. Uh-huh. And that her she had a friend named Mrs. Corbley. See. Yeah. <gasps> so I'm guessing that Miss Cordelia decided to try to frame... Her friend, Mrs. Corbley. Yeah. For murder. 
Fucking by rude. Si- I know. How but dare she? Jokes on her. She used her own handwriting. I know. So. That okay. Some people so, are so stupid. I know. It's oh hilarious. my god. You're gonna see. But you how know, if badly. we didn't have stupid people, we wouldn't catch them. I guess. You'll see how badly she actually fucked up with hiding the evidence. All right, let's do and it. So, so Mrs. Bakken was brought back to San Francisco after she was found to be living in Stockton, California, with her husband and son. Mm-hmm. And then the evidence began to pile up. Ooh. So, first of all. There was a Miss Sylvia Henny and a Miss Kitty Dittmer. I don't know if I'm pronouncing these names right, but I'm trying my best. <laughs> and they identified Mrs. Botkin as the woman who bought candy from their store that I'm assuming they worked in mm-hmm. on July 31st. Yeah. Miss Henny then claimed that Botkin had told them to put it in a box without the store name on it. Okay. And to leave room for another item she was going to place in the box, which I'm guessing was the handkerchief. Mm-hmm. And then John Dunning also gathered together all the love letters from her and a handwriting expert, because those exist, confirmed that the handwriting between the letters in the package matched. Oh. So it was confirmed by a handwriting expert that, yes, this woman did send the package, and she... Yep. She... <laughs> yep. I don't know where I was going on this. Insert a blank. Insert a blank. Like I'm saying, I came back from work. I don't know where my head is at. And then... This whole woman even whole forgot woman. this not half of her, her whole entire being <laughs> with whatever brain she lacked. <laughs> forgot to take the store tag off of the handkerchief she bought. Bruh. So that led the police to another witness. <laughs> Bruh. So of course they went to the store. That's like someone forgetting to remove the price tag on a gift and you give it to somebody. <laughs> yes, you should compare that to murder. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were gonna go with fingerprints when yep. you went with the price tag. Yeah. <laughs> So, of course, the police goes to the store to interview Mrs. Grace Harris. Uh-huh. And this woman is weird. She's a witness. There's nothing special about her. But what she said was really fucking weird. Uh-huh. Because she said the only reason why she could clearly remember Cordelia Bakken was because she closely resembled her dead mother. <gasps> I know. And she even showed the police a picture of her mother to show them. She's like, this woman that's probably going to be convicted of murder looked a lot like my mom. So that's why I remembered her that's face. That's creepy. I know. Mm. All right. And then Frank Gray from mm-hmm. Owl Drugstore identified Mrs. Botkin as the woman who bought two whole ounces of arsenic. Because why not? Because why not? I know, like, wow, this woman is leaving breadcrumb trails for the police. This might be stupid, but I'm assuming you cannot just go to a store and buy arsenic anymore. No. Okay. Like, it's arsenic. I know, that's why I'm like... (laughs) She also, the employee, um, Frank Gray, was also like, what are you doing with the arsenic? Yeah, what are you... Well, the... The arsenic should have... That she said? Yes. She said that she was going to use it to bleach a straw hat. What the fuck? I know. And Frank Gray was like, there are safer ways to do that. And then she's like, I don't care. And still I live life on the edge, ounces. Frank. And like, who cares if I die bleaching my straw hat? <laughs> I want to mop my floors with cocaine. <laughs> Just <laughs> like, let me. I eat cocaine as a snack every day. Oh my god, this lady's <laughs> oh bad She's actually really bad at hiding her child, yeah. too. Like, oh my goodness. All right. And then a postal office employee also recalled that the package was shipped on August 4th because he said that the name of the package closely resembled his own. 
His name was John Dunningan, and the name was for Joshua P. Dunnington, Mrs. Joshua P. Dunnington. Yeah. So, the way, what made me laugh, and I shouldn't during a murder case, but I was very, like, floored by how all these people remembered her, and also the fact that she just, like... Yeah. She didn't care. Like, she literally did not clean anything up. Nothing. She was just like... Going willy nilly with like, it. I'm she gonna didn't buy care. this candy, leave some room so I could put a She's either really, in there. really stupid or she wanted to get caught. I know. Like, wow. <laughs> I also never, I just realized this, there was never a clear motive that was said in this book mm-hmm. about why. Like, I would just assume because she was the wife of her ex lover that yeah. she probably got very jealous yeah. and decided to kill her. But there was no clear motive written in the book she waited a while though yeah she did she waited a few months that's what i don't understand um okay oh wait no because he i said that um the husband actually decided to take the job in august i think that's what i said yeah you did and she started doing this in july oh okay so this was a pre-mediated thing Oh, before even okay, he okay. left that makes so sense she was now. planning to kill his wife to probably okay. keep him all to herself okay all right so yes evidence <laughs> left evidence. and right there is literally no question whatsoever that this woman <laughs> murdered someone through the u.s postal service all right um let me see and then oh there's still one more witness <laughs> so there was another witness called mrs Almora Almira Ruoff, I think that's how you pronounce it. Okay. Yes. Um, she recalled a conversation she had with Botkin on July 27 before she went to the candy store. Yes. Where the woman had asked about the effects of different poisons on humans. Because, yes, that's what you have a casual conversation with, with friends. You ask them what kind of poisons affect humans. And how they affect humans. That's what yeah, you bring up during casually. dinner. Like during a little brunch. Hey, yeah. do That's you, like... What are the effects of arsenic on someone's body? Oh my god. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. I'm surprised her friend wasn't just like, what the fuck? And then she also asked if it was required to sign your name on a registered package that you sent through the mail. Wow. Wow. <laughs> She's it's just as bad as Googling something and Literally. then leaving your history How up. to murder someone. Yeah. Does it delete it? Yeah. Police find it. Okay. Uses a public computer in Uses the library. Uses the library computer and <laughs> someone's like, hmm, suspicious. That's funny. And then also a porter and a clerk of a hotel that she actually was staying at while she was in California for a bit. Yeah. Also found candy wrappers from the candy store on the floor. And you would just assume she unwrapped it to probably douse it in arsenic. Yeah, exactly. So they're just like, at first, this woman made a mess. But now, probably when the police came by, they're like, holy shit, she unwrapped that so she could kill someone. Wow. So, yeah. And then her attorney, Cordelia Botkin's attorney, Uh had the audacity to say that there was insufficient evidence against her. Are you serious? Yes. Her attorney tried to say... This whole case is evidence. I know. This entire (laughs) thing. Like, pile... Wow. After pile of evidence. Did they lose? Obviously, yes. (laughs) Of course they lose. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And then they also tried to push back her trial by insisting that it would take place in California. California? In California, I can't speak. Instead of Delaware? Yeah, instead of Delaware. Mm. But 
I mean, they did let her have the trial in California yeah. instead of Delaware, but obviously she still would get convicted because, no, there is no insufficient evidence. Literally, there were witnesses that Literally. remember seeing her. Someone remembered her ass looking like, like her dead mother. Someone's. Literally, she didn't try to hide anything, didn't try to like cover her face wow. up. I'm pretty sure she, whatever she had to sign will buy, so she probably put her name down, honestly. So, yeah. Uh, Cordelia Botkin was in, indicted, 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 <laughs> indicted, Is it indicted? Yeah, indicted. indicted on October 28th and her official murder trial began on December 9th. Uh-huh. And then during the trial, John Denning actually refused to name the other women he had been intimate with mm. and that got him, um, adjudged guilty of contempt. And kept in jail for a few days. Are you serious? Yes, because he uh, refused to say who else he slept with okay. behind his wife's back. Because yeah, so he's withholding information yes, in the courtroom. Yes, but he did get released okay. afterwards. So, yeah. So, uh, Cordelia was found guilty on December 30th, uh-huh. and then sentenced to life in prison on February 4th, the following year. Boom! Yes, but there's more. Her story doesn't end there. Are you serious? There's just little tidbits afterwards, and uh-huh. then how she died. Uh-huh. Because it tells her whole life story. Jesus. So, her husband then sued her for divorce. Uh-huh. On the grounds that she had been convicted of a felony. Okay. And then, I think a little later on, almost all of her family actually died after that. Mm-hmm. Like, her son. Wow. Her ex-husband. Yeah. Her mother. They died a short time after that. Yeah. Um, and then... Cordelia Botkin was actually granted a retrial, but lo and behold, she was still she was sentenced to life in yeah. prison. So then there is a little thing. We're just going into a little bit of her life afterwards because mm-hmm. this woman is a piece of work. So there is a thing where their judge... Oh my god, what was I saying? Sorry, I lost... Hold on. One moment. I lost it. Okay. And then I said, oh my god, a little while later... The superior judge named Cook actually lost his wife and was visiting her grave every Sunday. Yeah. And then one Sunday, he saw Miss Cordelia Botkin herself in a car, unaccompanied by a guard. And then he started an investigation, blah, 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 found out that she had actually been in on intimate terms with a lot of guards in the prison. Wow. Yeah. So wow. she's trying to still... You know, get her comfort. So like swoon her swoon way. Swoon her way in through prison life. Wow. Her life imprisonment sentence. And she was supposedly on a pleasure trip with a guard the day that she was found by the judge. Uh. But there was no actual evidence that be that could be connected to her leaving yeah. the jail on that Sunday. So she got to kept all her like pleasantries and comfort in the prison. Wow. Which, okay, you... This person, <laughs> I don't know how to feel about her she's so like i feel like manipulative manipulative i also don't obviously i don't know her she was in the 1800s yeah but she seemed very like a dumb person yeah the way she handled everything i mean evidence yeah and then literally she also tried to use that to say that it was someone disguised as her to try and frame her yeah and then she also tried to say that same woman that looks like me that was supposedly in the car uh-huh. on that sunday she probably framed me for the murder, too. She was trying to work her way through it. Oh, my I God. I know. But then, eventually, um, her mental health began to decline, and she began to suffer from melancholy. Okay. And then she died on March 7th, 1910, at age 
56 from Melancholy. <laughs> That's the end of her story. It's very abrupt. That's very abrupt. That was very, very abrupt. The story itself was very I mean, abrupt. I'd like to say she got what was coming to her, but... I know. She I pick- didn't serve her whole life sentence. That's upsetting. See, I was just... This case intrigued me. Because I was trying to look for an old case to do. Yeah. Um, and it intrigued me because, number one, it was the first U.S. postal murder. Yeah. Um, And also, the way she handled it was really dumb. Like, oh my goodness. I'm not saying I know how to murder someone. Because, obviously, no. No, but... You know, common sense is if you don't want to get with anything, murder, whatever, yeah. if you don't want to get caught doing something, you have to be careful. You have to be careful and smart about it. And she definitely was not, which is hilarious. She's like, I want this candy. Make sure you don't have your store yeah. name on it. Oh, look, how much arsenic can be used to kill a person? But like I said, if we don't have these stupid people doing these stupid shits, then. I know. We wouldn't be laughing about it now. Also, lesson, don't open packages from mysterious people. Yes. And don't eat something from that package. Yes. She fed that candy to her whole entire family. And Literally. thank goodness, not everyone died. Sadly, only two two people still died. And that's really, it's really like, sad. But Literally, like, if you're in an airport, see something, say something. Exactly. <laughs> like... like if it looks sketchy, you don't know who it's from. Throw it goddamn Throw it away. away. Don't take candy from strangers, essentially. People be wild back yeah. then. So, well, that was a fun case. Yeah, it was a little quick one, you know. Yes. And I tried to get through it, put in as much information as I can without forgetting stuff. Yep. But yeah, that was the case of murderess, Mrs. Cordelia Botkin, the candy murder. From the U.S. Postal Service. Wow. Yeah, I'm still like mind that blown. One. That one that... was good. Good job. Yeah. I wonder how many murders are actually done through the mail, though. Like, this was the first one in I don't the want to 1800s. think about it. But that's weird. It's sad. It's sad. It's very sad. I mean, nowadays, everything's very, very strict that goes through Yeah. the mail. I would think so. I anyway, would hope so. I, I would hope so. But oh, my goodness. Who knows? Okay, well. But, yeah. Do you remember social media? No, but I have it here. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this little quick yes, episode. If you're still with us again, thank you. Thanks. Also, sorry for any crackling that slipped through our recording. Yeah, I'll try to edit this episode as best as I can, but if there's still crackling, um, sorry. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> we'll need to get Taylor a new mic eventually. Yes. Again, if you have any suggestions for her, you can hit us up on Instagram yeah. at Crime Sunday Podcast. Mm-hmm. And then uh, hit us up on Twitter, which we haven't used. I realize I we actually have used, used it. Oh, you have? Because I'm over Twitter Bless. person. I don't know what else to post. I on don't it, use Twitter, so you can. You I can take care of that. I post on social media in general, so I don't know how to I'll post. I'll do Instagram. You can do Twitter. Okay. Boom. There you go. At Crime Sunday Twitter. Yes. And our Gmail, crimesunday at gmail.com. Yeah, send us a message, suggestions. Yes. Like I said, give me Mike's suggestions, please. That won't break the bank. I have no idea what case I'm doing next week, but it will be great. Yes. I have, <laughs> I have high a, I have like a list of cases I want to do, So, um, and I'm working from home. For a while because of my new baby. Mm-hmm. So I'll have plenty of time to research. Yes. But I need to get my ass into gear on yes. researching ahead of time. I actually just researched this all last night. <laughs> it's okay. This, I did that with this, oh, <laughs> the other God. case. The first case. Well, 
Um, we're doing that thing again where we're eating after this, so let's go yes, eat. I'm so hungry. I'm also very <laughs> thirsty. I left my water upstairs. All right, y'all.